Have you gone through bariatric surgery and wonder why no one ever told you certain things? Hi, I'm registered dietitian nutritionist, Dr. Susan Mitchell. Let's go beyond bariatric surgery and talk about everything you need to move on. How you eat, when and what you eat are critical to your success. There are at least three things about eating after bariatric surgery someone should have told you. Today, bariatric dietitian Amanda Clark joins me. Together, Amanda and I want to create a community with you. This is a global community as I'm in the US and Amanda is in Australia. We're here to discuss and direct you to tools that help you get the best results from your surgery so you can move on and stop worrying about your weight. You'll be hearing a lot from Amanda, so let me share a little about her. Amanda knows bariatric surgery and has spent 15 years helping over 2,000 patients. Creator and author of the Portion Perfection Kit for Bariatrics, Amanda believes that when you see how much is right to eat and you have practical tools to help you, you gain a much better understanding of what to do and how to do it. Hi, Amanda. Hello from Australia. And I'm so excited that you're here. Amanda, what are people most surprised about when you first talk to them about bariatric surgery? Well, I often ask people why they've chosen surgery, and they often tell me that it's because they want the surgery to stop them from eating too much. Really, the best outcome, though, would be that they don't feel like eating so much as a result of the surgery, because if you rely on the surgery to stop you eating, you're going to be disappointed eventually. Bariatric surgery really gives you a second chance at having a really small appetite. But you have to protect that and you have to respect it because surgeons tell me that everybody's stomach is the same size once they get in there. So from the smallest woman to the largest man. Yet some people are happy on half a sandwich and others can fit two pizzas in there. So the difference is really in the stretch. And that's so interesting to me that People can be happy on half a sandwich, while other people may say, gosh, it's two pizzas for me. Does this stretch affect knowing when you feel satisfied? Yes. Now, part of satisfaction comes from the tension in your stomach wall. When the half sandwich person eats even one pizza, their stomach wall is tight and the nerve endings at the top of the stomach call out to stop you from eating more. But when the two pizza person has only half a sandwich, it doesn't create any tension. So there is no satisfaction. So we have to look here at the difference between feeling full and satisfaction. Explain that. Yeah, well, fullness is when your stomach is distended. You probably feel a little uncomfortable. You want to loosen your belt and you may want to lay on the couch. And it always means that you've gone too far, whether or not you've had surgery. Yet, some people use full as their stopping point, whereas satisfaction is the absence of hunger. So you're probably two-thirds to three-quarters full, and you could fit in more, but you don't need to. Remember, that there is such an abundance of food that you only need it to last you about two and a half hours before it's time to eat again. And, you know, we don't think that way in terms of there's abundance of food. I mean, if you sit down or you come from a big family, and let's say there's a four or five other kids, you may sit down at the table and think, you know what, I better eat as fast as I can and get all I can get because there may not be more for a while. Yeah, exactly. 
really the the best way for us to judge the quantity is not based on who's at the table and how much they're going to take, but to listen to our appetite and to stop when you feel that you'd be okay now if the plate were empty. But if you don't feel that you can trust your appetite, then I would suggest using a one cup rule. So no more than one cup at a meal after bariatric surgery. Some people say that there are foods they can't eat after surgery or that they have problems with the food uh, getting stuck. What is happening there? Mm, Yeah, I find a lot of people, you know, even years down the track from surgery, still experiencing some of these issues, uh, like feeling like food is getting stuck partway down their esophagus um, or gastric banding was um, particularly bad for this uh, regurgitation of frothy saliva. And still, nobody's explained to them why that happens and how to avoid that. Because even before surgery, you know, there there may be times when you swallow something that's a bit too big, maybe a big piece of meat, and you can feel it go all the way down your esophagus. And when it reaches your stomach, you know, maybe you belch or burp, you know, you get some air coming back up your esophagus. And what's happening there is there's air stuck underneath that piece of meat and it can't get past it. So that air gets pushed down and compressed into your stomach. And then when the food makes it down there, it clears the path up your esophagus and the air rebalances, which may give you that belch. When you've had bariatric surgery though, you've only got a small stomach and there isn't room for that air to compact. So the stomach puffs out and then you have air pressure between the food and stomach that can be as strong as the peristaltic wave of movement trying to push the food down. So the food gets stuck against that air pressure and it might come back up or that air may gradually get pushed into your intestine to make way for the food to slowly move down. So let me ask a question here. Does, in addition to it feeling stuck, would people also describe to you that there's a a sense of bloating or discomfort uh, discomfort in the stomach as well? Definitely some discomfort. You know, I I guess some people can't quite judge, is it their stomach, is it their esophagus? Um, And it's probably stuck in their esophagus. But when you've had this type of surgery, your stomach actually sits quite high. And so uh, it's hard to judge where that is. And gastric banding, you know, has particular problems. Um, And that regurgitation of frothy saliva, horrible as it sounds, is a very common problem. And what's happening there is that there could be some fibers of food, maybe something that you ate earlier, maybe some lettuce uh, that's partially digested and the fibers are still sitting in the top pouch. Now, some of those fibers can actually sit across the aperture of the band to form a bit of a sieve. And then it's kind of like trying to wash food down the drain. It banks up and it causes a blockage. So you're swallowing saliva every minute of the day and the really thin part of that saliva can work its way through to the bottom pouch, but the really thick mucousy part can't get through. And so it builds up in that top pouch. And then you can eat a teaspoon of yogurt and the peristaltic waves of your esophagus pushing that down and the yogurt coming splashing down into the stomach can just result in regurgitation of the the whole lot. Um, And it's not the fault of the yogurt. And in fact, it's actually a blockage that's been there for many hours or maybe even 
overnight. Oh, I'm so glad that you really took time to go through and explain what is happening in this situation. Okay, so we need to take a short break, but when we come back, Amanda will help you solve these problems we've just talked about, so don't go away. Explore the Australian way with portion perfection for bariatrics plates, bowls, visual guides, recipes, and more at beyondbariatricsurgery.com. Welcome back. Joining me today is Amanda Clark, bariatric dietitian and creator, author of the Portion Perfection Bariatric Kit. We're talking about things someone should have told you about bariatric surgery. So Amanda, let's talk solutions. Yeah, so we've been talking about food tolerance. And you can get the best tolerance to food by paying attention to how you eat. So the first thing to do is to think about how you're sitting, to sit upright so that everything's kind of stretched out. If you're slumped on the couch, you actually put some pressure on your stomach, which creates upward pressure up your esophagus and will likely result in food feeling stuck. Secondly, drink with awareness. You know, the different type of surgeries have different kind of rules around drinking. If you've had a gastric band, you may or may not be able to drink with your meals. It probably depends on when you had your surgery and how close to your esophagus the band was actually placed. But for all other surgeries, keep the liquid half an hour either side of the food so the food can sit fairly dry in your stomach and you're not pushing it out with liquid. Also, make sure that you chop your food really well. So don't rely on your teeth chopping it up because they often just crush the food up without actually tearing it into small enough pieces. In fact, I've put a, a circle on the rim of the bariatric plate and that represents the size food needs to be um, to be able to fit through and comfortably go down your esophagus and if you've got a gastric band to get through that gastric band. So with the lettuce example, you're best to shred that lettuce, but then shred it the other way too. So you've got little squares of lettuce rather than any long strings. You know, so this, you know Amanda, that one, I just have to jump in here, really fascinates me. I would not have thought about uh, the fact that your teeth are not chopping small enough for it to be the correct size that you've got to help them along if you will and and chop the food as well yeah that's what the knife and fork is for you know if you take a bite of an apple for example you get quite a large round piece of apple skin and often our teeth only crush that up and so once you swallow that and you're also swallowing saliva all the time that can spread itself back out and that's no problem if you haven't had surgery. But if you've had surgery, that size piece of fibrous matter can cause you problems. So size really becomes very important post-surgery. Yeah, it really does. You've got a small stomach and so food needs to kind of be in proportion. And so you have to then nibble as well, I would imagine. Yeah, so that really relates to the, the size of the mouthful that you swallow at one time. So even though you may have chopped that meat fairly small, if you swallow a large mouthful of it, the, the job of your esophagus is actually to pull everything together into a ball. And so it can almost behave as if it wasn't chopped up if you're swallowing a large amount of it at one time. So just take small swallows. And as you're doing that, it's really important to really enjoy the food, eat it mindfully, taste the food, notice the flavors, notice the textures, really think about what you're eating to get the best satisfaction from food. 
Now, we, we did say that chewing wasn't that effective, but you still want to make sure that you're chewing it really well. After bariatric surgery, your stomach doesn't have a lot of space to do a lot of movement, and it is the job of your stomach to mulch food around until it's liquid. So you want to help that along as well by chewing it really well, and about 10 to 20 chews would be appropriate. So curiously, what is it, how many times do you think the average person chews uh, with a bite? They bite something, they chew it before they swallow. How many chews do you think? Well, it depends on how quickly you're eating. But for some people, it's a couple of chews and it's gone. And, you know, some of those pieces, of particles of food are actually quite large. I think, I think for anyone who hasn't had surgery, if you really just watch the way you eat and thought about the fact that you could have a problem if you swallowed something quite large, I think we'd quite often get ourselves into problem, problems. Right. And it does speak to mindfulness, which we can talk about at another time or mindful eating. If, uh, mm. you know, you're eating that fast and that large, you're, you're certainly not or you're missing out, let's say, on the taste and the enjoyment. <laughs> exactly. And and that's part of getting your brain satisfied, um, which can enable your brain to turn away from food. But, yeah, we'll talk about that another time um, to continue the the. Uh, behaviors required to get the best tolerance you want to take a break between mouthfuls don't just start sending the next one down after the last swallow don't just keep swallowing food down um, give yourself 10 to 20 seconds between mouthfuls and you need to be relaxed because any stress or any hurry tends to cause some upper body tension which also creates that upward pressure up your esophagus so that's how to slow yourself down and enjoy the meal. And uh, I've put those prompts around the bariatric plate for portion perfection so that they're there when you're eating. Yeah, I was just thinking about that and I was thinking about the plates and the bowls. And so part of the tips for this best tolerance are right there in the portion plate. Yeah, I thought that was the perfect spot to put the prompts because you wanna think about them while you're eating. Absolutely. What about the risk of weight regain? What do we need to know? Well, I think most people are aware that the statistics predict some weight regain at, at three to five years post bariatric surgery. And when I look at what goes wrong with the food intake part of the equation, I see two main eating problems. And one of them is stretching of the stomach pouch from eating larger portions of food, which really comes back to uh, people not stopping at satisfaction, but going through to being full. Because every time you go to full, you stretch your stomach. And the other is grazing or a bit of night eating where the meal size is still very small, but there might be 20 meals, for example. So eating small amounts almost continuously. And these might be strategies that the body is just using, forcing us to do to try to regain the lost weight. Or, you know, they might be problems that existed prior to surgery that are just coming back up. And is that pretty common that problems that existed prior to surgery kind of try to show their little ugly head again? Well, absolutely. You know, we are who we are and we've got our background over many years and we've got habits and we've got triggers and those things are not changed by the surgery. The surgery mainly changes how much you feel like you want to eat at a time. 
Um, it does change some other metabolic things about us. Uh, some of those things we don't even fully understand. But certainly, you know, it's really worthwhile trying to address the other problems that pre-existed at the same time as having the surgery. So the surgery can do its bit, but then you're working on those other problems. So for example, night eating has various descriptions, but essentially it means that a large portion of calories is eaten in the evening, commonly after dinner. Less commonly, it might mean getting up in the middle of the night, sometimes without even being aware, so kind of like sleepwalking. So you actually wake up in the morning to find the crumbs on the bench and wonder who did that. And I, I think you can identify if you're compelled to eat after dinner, that's easy to see. But there will be some people who do eat during the night and haven't been aware. But the solution to this is to eat regularly through the day. Eat the one cup of food at each meal time to reach real satisfaction rather than grazing. Grazing being eating small amounts that actually don't trigger the satisfaction kind of response to your brain. I do think a snack between meals is really good, uh, but I would suggest that it's just one between each meal. So that you're eating about every two and a half hours during the day. So that would be breakfast, morning tea, or a morning snack, lunch, an afternoon snack, dinner, and supper. These are great ideas. And it sounds like night eating can be a habit that people could use some great strategies on. Are there other strategies that you find helpful as well? Yeah, one that I often recommend is brushing your teeth after supper. I think that's a great strategy to limit night grazing because everything tastes pretty bad after that. I did have a client tell me though recently that they swished their mouth out with coconut oil when they're feeling out of control with food and that they found that really effective. Do you have a stop eating strategy that works for you? If so, tell us. Go to beyondbariatricsurgery.com and share it with us. These are so helpful and, and really terrific advice, Amanda. Do you have one takeaway tip that you want to leave us with? Well, I think it's really important to remember that there's no failure and that you are not a failure. You know, sometimes things don't work out the way you want them to be, but there's always something to be learned from examining what happened there and what you see then guides the next step, which is the next step to success. Yes, and here on Beyond Bariatric Surgery podcast, we're all about success. Okay, so what we heard today is that the three things they should have told you before surgery are that one cup is the limit per meal, that there are some simple eating behaviors that improve your tolerance of food, such as chopping your food into small pieces, and eating regularly throughout the day. Beyond Bariatric Surgery is produced and owned by Practicalories, LLC, all rights reserved. Remember, the content provided on this podcast is for information purposes only and doesn't create a patient-provider relationship. It's intended to provide reference material and is not designed to provide medical advice. Please consult your healthcare provider regarding any medical issues you have relating to symptoms, conditions, diseases, diagnosis, treatments, and side effects. Podcast guests express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions, which do not necessarily reflect or agree with the host's great ideas in nutrition or practicalities, LLC.